0: No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.
1: Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. WinBet is now live in all these states. And the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. Blue Liar. It's exciting to win money. Back out to- Is there anything you don't gamble on?
2: Uh, not really.
1: Gambling gods, fickle bunch. Oh yeah, so easily offended.
2: Oh, Gambling's not your problem. You're just an idiot.
1: And we welcome you into Full Slate, a Blue Wire Gambling Podcast. My name is Greg Frank. You can find me on gambling Twitter at Undercover Greg. Joined, as always, by our jack of all trades with the podcast, Alex Uplinger manages our podcast Twitter at full underscore slate underscore pod. Give him a follow on his personal account at Alex underscore up seven as it is another week of NFL football week. 14 is upon us as we record late on a Wednesday night. You listen on a Thursday morning as we get you set for all of the action in the National Football League as we are now into the middle of the month of December. Alex, my man, what's going on?
2: What's up, Greg? It's great to hear from you. I've just been uh, watching some Christmas movies, just... Decorating the trees, starting the holiday.
1: Getting in the spirit. What's your uh, favorite Christmas movie? If I told you you could only watch one.
2: Oh, man. If I can only watch one, I would have to watch. Fuck. It's got to be Christmas Vacation, but Christmas Story is a very close second.
1: Okay. Okay. So you're definitely. What about you? I, I, I like that people respect Christmas story, because the thing I can't stand is and the tapes are out there every year about how anti some people are on the marathon every Christmas. And it's just like, dude, like we need a channel changer during the NBA Christmas slate, you know, and yeah,
2: absolutely. It's, it's it's a great refresher. Different it's, times. It's on the entire day. That's the only time to watch it is it's Christmas day and I'll, and yeah, I'll throw it on yeah.
1: it's on TBS in like the even hours and TNT yep. in the odd hours. So,
2: yeah. And, and I've seen every, every second of it. So I can just pop in at a at random time random. at halftime. Oh, yeah.
1: Exactly. How about, um, how about Christmas carols? Will you be bumping them in your car or have you already, or are you not as into them?
2: Oh, I'm definitely down to play play Christmas music all the time.
1: You, uh, I love kind it. Uh, toe the party line on uh, Mariah Carey, or do you? Uh... Oh no,
2: Mariah Carey's an absolute banger. I'm I'm right. definitely putting yeah. that on
1: You're there too. Every
2: Christmas party
1: needs that play. Yeah, yeah, like it's definitely. I will say though, I I don't think it's my favorite Christmas carol, but like. No,
2: it, no, definitely not a favorite, but, but at okay, a party but it, or it has to be played.
1: Like I said, like you can get a large gathering around <laughs> this time of year, and like, you just have to play it. Like, yeah, like not a party if you don't. Oh no,
2: no, that's a that's a top five, but
1: ugly sweater. I'm not,
2: I'm not, <laughs> oh yeah, I'll, I'll dabble. I'll definitely sure. dabble.
1: Right, real or fake tree?
2: Oh, we got a real one. It was a it was a headache to be honest, stringing this thing up, but it it's well worth it once who you have it the, uh, together.
1: Who is the driving force behind that decision? Is that you or the misses?
2: It's definitely the missus. I would not mind a fake, but that's only because I have to put it up and string it, and then once it's up and strong, it's definitely well worth it. It it feels way better. You you smell the actual Christmas tree and the it's smell great.
1: Definitely, definitely is probably pretty rewarding. Uh, a lot of ornaments. Oh, for sure. Kind of casual on the decorating. Oh,
2: a ton of ornaments. We oh, have so many ornaments. My favorite though is the Washington National World Series ornament. That's it's definitely my favorite one.
1: <laughs> any uh any Steelers Super Bowl ornaments or not not quite oh
2: yeah no we have oh, we have one of the okay. we have one of those as well We got one of those as well she's not about
1: like she, she do any kind she, of like light she or...
2: actually oh yeah definitely lit up she she actually she put the the Nationals ornament and the Steelers ornament behind the tree but I moved them up to the front you know you have to you have to represent
1: Well, speaking of the Steelers. In Thursday Night Football. And Pittsburgh is a three-point road underdog at U.S. Bank Stadium. And the Minnesota Vikings are obviously coming off of that ugly loss to the Detroit Lions. And Pittsburgh coming off of... A dramatic victory over the Baltimore Ravens. Total in this game is at forty three and a half. And Alex I think I kind of just laid it all out into the perfect kind of uh situational by low sell high spot. When you look at Pittsburgh, you know, it wasn't that long ago, the Steelers were getting their ass kicked by the Cincinnati Bengals and, you know, it looked like They could even finish and still could finish last place in the AFC North and they rallied the troops and got a big must win game, which we were all over uh, against Baltimore at Heinz Field. But I just don't trust the Steelers to string good performances together. And I think it's very easy this time of year to buy into the the Big Ben send off narrative because now it has been reported that. This is going to be his last year with the Steelers. Not that that comes as any huge surprise. Steelers still in the wild card mix. I guess still in the division mix with a victory over Baltimore last week and a Bengals loss last week. Bengals with a tough game, which we'll get to later in San Francisco. So I think it's easy to at least want to talk yourself into the Steelers right away and easy to also talk yourself off the Vikings having lost Detroit probably not going to make the playoffs Mike Zimmer's seat maybe getting a little warm that's exactly why I like the Minnesota Vikings here with or without Dalvin Cook I really don't care Alexander Madison has filled in admirably in any Dalvin Cook absence and I look at Minnesota as in a perfect spot in what we've talked about throughout the season as a sneaky good home field advantage it's certainly not Minnesota's defense has some holes but it's not one that we expect Big Ben to really be able to pick apart if he can pick apart any defenses still at this stage in his career. Uh, so give me the Vikings and give me a- another big Justin Jefferson game. He just continues to light the league on fire every week. Uh, Vikings win this game, cover in the process, and Mike Zimmer, you know, for at least another week uh, will. Be able to fend off some of the rumors. I don't know that Minnesota will make the playoffs. That certainly could be a very crippling loss last week. Vikings hanging in the playoff hunt, though, come Friday morning after this game. They'll wake up feeling a little better about themselves. Must win for the Vikings. They get it done. Purple people leaders minus three for me.
2: Yeah, I do. I do agree that this is a uh, buy low sell high. You got the Steelers coming off the emotional win, like you said. Vikings coming off an absolutely embarrassing loss. But I completely disagree. I think the Steelers are going to win this game outright. The Vikings defense is really not that good, and Mike Zimmer should be ashamed. This is a way better like he's a defensive coach, but the Vikings they ranked twenty second in the NFL in passing yards allowed and twenty eighth in the NFL in rushing yards allowed. Phelan's out. That's a huge loss. So all you have is Jefferson. Cook, he's questionable. I highly doubt he plays, but Vikings rush defense is a huge concern. And then you have Kirk Cousins, 8 and 17 straight up in primetime games. He just can't handle it under the bright lights. The Steelers, they're first in the NFL. They have the most sacks in the NFL. But the Vikings, they rank second in the NFL with only 1.5 sacks allowed per game. So there's something giving here. And I. Really lean to the Sears here to get it done. I think the Sears front can disrupt Kirk Cousins. Yeah, I think the Sears are going to win this game out already. It's
1: a little crossfire to get us started. So you're waking up on Friday morning and you're talking yourself into the division, right? That's how this is going to go?
2: Oh, absolutely. The Se- Sears are back.
1: <laughs> well, <laughs> we shall see as uh, it'll be an interesting one for sure, even though uh, maybe both these teams aren't going to be in the playoffs. There's certainly some intrigue with this game. As I said, I think the Vikings absolutely have to have it. And uh, the Steelers, they'll still be in the mix with the loss, but uh, can't afford many more of them themselves in a very jam-packed AFC North at the moment. Let's go to the AFC West, where the Las Vegas Raiders travel east to Kansas City, to take on the Chiefs and we're seeing the Raiders catching nine and a half in this game. We talked about this total a little bit before we jumped on total sitting about 48, which seems a little low for Chiefs games until you remember that the Chiefs have been winning in some un ways in the sense that games have been lower scoring and the defense looks to be turning it around. For Kansas City, and and it's not just a small sample size. At this point, you can go back to, I know it was Jordan Love, but the game against the Packers, where Kansas City won a low-scoring game. Game against the Raiders on Sunday Night Football. Kansas City's defense played pretty well against Derek Carr. Last week on Sunday Night Football against Denver, holding the Broncos at just three points. I mean, there's enough of a sampling here, where certainly against Dallas as well, albeit... No CD Lamb or Amari Cooper in that game, but another good showing from Steve Spagnolo's unit. So maybe the Chiefs' defense turning it around at the right time of year. And then we come to the Raiders, and I do think that's the only side you can play here because even though Kansas City did just cover a big number at home against Denver, this has kind of been the fade Kansas City wheelhouse, the up over a touchdown. Chiefs favorite really home or away. They just have struggled to cover these big numbers. And I mean, it kind of is we're getting close if we're not there already to do or die time for the Raiders, but they've just been so inconsistent where they lose last week to Washington. They beat Dallas on Thanksgiving. They get blown out by Kansas city and Cincinnati before the Dallas loss. It really feels like put up or shut up time for the Raiders in a revenge spot off that embarrassing Sunday night football loss Catching nine and a half, you could talk me into the silver and black, but I don't know that I trust the Raiders enough to do it. So I'll lean with the dog, but I don't think I'll get there.
2: Yeah, I can't quite get there either, but I definitely think the Raiders are the only side. They really put up a good fight against Washington and the Chiefs are not coming against anyone. The Chiefs did not have that. You know, that. Defensive touchdown and Broncos probably cover that game. And I think the Raiders are the only side you could look to here.
1: So no plays, but leans on the Raiders in that one. Let's go to MetLife stadium where it's a rather uninteresting bout between the new Orleans saints and the New York jets. gosh, New Orleans is a five-point road favorite. I think that says an awful lot more about the Jets than it does the Saints. Uh total of 43, now down to 42.5 at DraftKings, it looks like. And it looks like the Saints are out to five-and-a-half point chalk there. This
2: game, this game is just so fucking boring.
1: It, it really it's is. It's just I mean, nothing. Like, what do we even say? Because we've seen right. New Orleans routinely – just look like a dumpster fire on offense in prime time spots the last two weeks against Dallas and Buffalo and the Jets are the Jets. So, I mean, that's kind right. of all. We exactly. Say like, about.
2: like, sure. Sure. Like the, the Jets getting points at home, but Trevor Simeon back, I, I don't know. We, can he ignite the passing offense of the saints, which really isn't a passing team. Like, I know Kamara, he practiced in full today, so he's going to be back. But I I think you have to just lean the Jets, but there's absolutely no chance of playing either of these
1: teams. Yeah, and that's, that's really all there is to it. I mean, this is – I'm looking at the rest of the slate here. I mean, our next game might be that, but, like, it's definitely in the running, New Orleans and the Jets for corner TV at the bar, right? Like – Either that or the Jags Titans that we're about to get into.
2: Also maybe Falcons, Panthers is also. Yeah, a I,
1: I looked down and saw that too. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, not the best early window here. Although there are some intriguing games. I do think that Rams the Raiders keeps game, as I said, with the fact that it really feels like a must have for the Raiders, uh and I think any Chiefs game will garner some level of interest. So I think that's an interesting one. We'll get to Dallas and Washington and Baltimore and Cleveland, a couple of division battles as well in the early window in just a second. But speaking of divisional games, the Jacksonville Jaguars head to Nashville to take on the Tennessee Titans. And it is the Jaguars catching 8.5, it looks like, on the road. And we're seeing a total of 43.5, which is. Kind of a low total, it feels like, for Titans games. But then you remember that the Titans have been a little dinged up on offense. And, uh yeah, I guess that's the question here. What do we expect from Tennessee coming out of a bye? Obviously, when we last saw the Titans, New England was kicking the crap out of them. And we all know how well New England has played of late. So, I don't know if that's necessarily an indictment of the Titans. It does feel like the Titans could get right here and take it to the Jags uh, but I don't know that I want to lay it either I I just feel like uh, there's a chance that the Titans peaked early and are just going to kind of uh, kind of fizzle out down the stretch here and you know limp their way to a division title at 10 and 7 or maybe they get to 11 and 6 and they're a first or a second weekend exit in the postseason so I, I don't know that the Titans are that uh, machine let's say that would just run right through a team which is what you have to do in this price range so I'll lean with the Titans coming out of the buy but probably a pass
2: yeah it's a it's a hard pass for me but I do know Julio Jones is going to be activated off the IRA so that gives the Titans a little bit more weaponry than we saw against the Patriots, but they still shredded the Patriots on the ground with their running game, which was kind of surprising, especially after you saw the Bills do absolutely nothing. But yeah, ultimately, they pass at this number. I I want to take the Jags, but you really can't trust this team against anyone. So yeah, it's ultimately a pass for me.
1: On we roll to another divisional game. This one far more intriguing as it feels like any clash between AFC North foes is as we have the Baltimore Ravens traveling to Lake Erie to take on the Cleveland Browns. And how about Cleveland as a short favorite in this game? And we're seeing the total in this game sitting at 43. This is do or die. For the Browns. I mean, I, I kind of felt that way about the Sunday night football game a couple of weeks ago in Charm City between these two teams. Kind of interesting, right? I, I feel like we've touched on this, and the scheduling spot also makes me like the Browns, where they're coming out of a bye having just played the Ravens. Now they're playing the Ravens again. So back to back games against Baltimore with a bye in between, that would make me like the team coming out of the bye anyway. And I do think this is one of those spots where Baltimore might be a little bit of a trendy dog coming off of that loss last week against Pittsburgh, still in first place in the division. I mean, naturally, I think anytime a first-place team is catching points, that's going to garner some public support. And we do have, uh, you know, uh, the better quarterback, you would think, getting points, too, with Lamar Jackson here. But I think you got to play Cleveland. I, I, I just – I don't know that the Browns completely go away even though they might not make the playoffs. It feels like a good spot for them to, uh, as I said, put up or shut up. Coming out of the bye, I will take Cleveland on the basis that I think both these teams are going to obviously want to pound the rock. And I feel more confident in Cleveland being able to execute that game plan a little rested up out of the bye, at home dog pound that, I mean that the dog pound in December in a must win game, that's got to be worth like three points anyway. So I will take the Browns.
2: Yeah. We're just, we're really hoping that Baker coming off that bye week is much more healthy. The Ravens offense just does not seem to be clicking right now. Ranked sixteenth in the NFL, they averaged twenty three point five points per game, but in their last four, they've only averaged fifteen points per game. We saw them last week against the Sears. They had nineteen points, could have won that game, but they really were not showing up on offense like in in explosive possessions, like they did not put up enough points. Yeah, we like the Browns here. We just are kind of worried about Baker. That's our biggest concern. But you have to think at home, a week of rest. Hopefully he's got a little more, you know, healthy. And the Browns defense we definitely like. And you see Lamar under pressure. And it's not great. You saw the Steelers pressure him on most downs and did very well. Yeah. We like the Browns here for sure.
1: On we roll to another divisional battle. Wow. A lot of divisional games. I'm just realizing here, Vegas, Kansas city, Jacksonville, Tennessee, Baltimore, Cleveland. We're going to do Atlanta, Carolina. Now Dallas and Washington is up next. Uh, Monday night football game, divisional game between the Rams and the Cardinals. You know, I, I will say, I'll tip the cap to Roger Goodell. I like how it feels like we a lot of these division games get saved for the end of the year, which I think is great. Like Baltimore, excuse me, uh, Buffalo, New England, that was the first meeting last week in Orchard Park. They'll play again right after Christmas. Washington and Dallas are playing for the first time this weekend, meaning they'll play again. Uh, I just like the way it sets up where you get all these snoozers out of the way, at least you hope, and you get these divisional matchups with teams kind of similar to each other in the standings meeting up. And that's what we have here. Albeit maybe not as interesting with a pair of <laughs> sub-500 teams <laughs> squaring couple, off.
2: A couple bad teams, but still divisional. Yeah, <laughs> Divisional
1: agree. game. Uh, he's done and, well. Uh, you know, you get a divisional home dog. You probably – well, actually, never mind. Uh, Carolina's home, and they're the favorite. But, uh, you know, divisional dogs have been good bets – Atlanta catching two and a half low total in this game of just 42, um, which I can't necessarily disagree with given how anemic Carolina's offense has looked at times. We talked before we hopped on the air about Joe Brady getting the pink slip. By the way, just a grade a news dump by the Carolina Panthers public relations staff to get that out on Sunday at one Eastern of the bye week. I mean, that is just elite PR out of them. Right? Um, did anyone even? Did
2: anyone even? Dude, it was it happened? was like
1: one ten. Like I'm watching the Eagles. Yeah, I didn't and, even realize that happened. And then it's just like Joe Brady fired. Like right. I mean, the Friday news dump is kind of like what teams like to try and angle for, but the Sunday at, during kickoff, like that's another level of it. So um, definitely tip of the cap to that.
2: But I anyway, I honestly don't think that that affects this game that much. Like, this offense I, is anemic. But my my biggest concern with this game, I love the, the Carolina defense. Still very strong. But do we know who's playing quarterback? I assume it's it's going to still be Cam Newton.
1: Yeah, it looks like it's going to be Cam. And, I mean... <laughs> Like how do we feel about that? Like I guess he's their best right. option. Is that Is it though?
2: I don't I honestly don't know. He still I, be rolling Darnold there? I potentially. Yes, potentially. I I really love his defense. I mean, they're they're second in the NFL in passing yards allowed per game. Like this is a very strong defense still. And I just I feel like they pulled the trigger a little too early on Brady he just brought him in these quarterbacks are not not very competent like i don't know what joe brady was supposed to do you lose you lose christian mccaffrey and then you're supposed to create an offense around this group like i don't know i i i still think the, the defense okay, so how do you is lay
1: with an offense that can't score points
2: right that's that's my biggest worry but the carolina secondary is very strong and that's all that atlanta does very well
1: jc horn back i know they have gilmore now i don't know if horn is back yet
2: i mean yeah yeah gilmore for sure i i don't know if, i don't know if horn is back but they're still they're still second in the nfl and passing yards a lot per game. I mean this is this is a strong defense. I I don't know how you how you look at this. Like that's all the Falcons want to do is throw the ball.
1: Yeah and Calvin Ridley hasn't been there.
2: Right. And and what else do you look at? Yeah, I I s I can't trust either of these teams at all. I think it has to be a pass. It's just
1: kind of like I'm rooting for Atlanta. I have the over seven and a half wins, but it just feels like a boring game in which Carolina talk about air out of the balloon. I mean, listen, Carolina, and Denver both started well. And I think there was some skepticism about both teams, given the soft schedules out of the gate, at least Denver for a while is like stayed afloat and in the playoff hunt still, you know, even though they lost that game to KC, like, Carolina just fell off so fast.
2: Yeah, I mean, 3-0, and we, we thought this was one of the better teams in the NFL. And then Sam Darnold goes down, and like, seeing ghosts, like, <laughs> just not, not a very good team and not a very good offense. They bring in Cam Newton, and then Joe Brady gets fired. Yeah, this such a weird spot. You have to lean the Falcons, I think, but I would not be playing this with your money.
1: (laughs) Well, one game it seems like you're going to play with your own money is that team in your backyard there in the DMV, the Washington football team, catching four and a half at home against the Dallas Cowboys, total of 48. And how about Washington? I mean, they have found something at the perfect time of year. And I think a lot of credit – goes to Ron Rivera and that defense for getting their act together when it felt like everybody had just written them off and the defense had been so disappointing and all of the criticism totally warranted. But better late than never. Here is the football team's defense really rising to the occasion. Another strong performance last week in Sin City against the Las Vegas Raiders as they went at 17-16 and they managed to despite the Raiders averaging 5.5 yards per play to the Washington 4.9 and the Raiders out and gaining Washington 310 to 298. Washington just finding ways to win right now. I think that's the sign of a a team that clearly is rekindling some of the magic that it had last year in route to the division title and has a veteran coach that they believe in and has the locker room. Uh, You know, it it looked like a team – six, seven weeks ago, that was dead. And and the football team very much in the thick of things. A win here puts them squarely in the mix for the division, too. Uh, and you like Washington getting the points at home. Four and a half, I think, is interesting here, too. Because Dallas laying four and a half on the road is saying that Dallas is just clearly, clearly superior to Washington. And Dallas did get a win last week against New Orleans. Maybe a little bit of a get-back-on-track game for Dallas but I I don't know that Dallas should be four and a half point road favorite over Washington right now, the way the football team is playing. So yeah, I would lean with your side, but I don't know that I'd play it, but you're on the, uh, you're on the football team, huh?
2: Yeah, I'm going to take the points. I I just don't think Dallas is that good right now. I, I think they have a couple, I mean, you see, you see, it's, Tony Powery didn't practice today. But you see Washington, they're third in the NFL. They you know, only give up ninety one rushing yards per game. I think they'll they'll really sell out against a the run, they'll stop Zeke and then obviously they're gonna try to get beat in the passing game, but they've been very good against the defense as of late. It's, it's honestly impressive. Like they lost their best offensive play and chase young and they've gotten better, which is absolutely insane. It's, it's hard to believe that they're yeah. better. The only concern right now is that what are you it to Davis, like what
1: changed there? You, you're, you're in that market. I am. I'm not sure.
2: I, I don't really know. And I don't think anyone knows. Like, they lost their best defender and they're I think they're just playing up. They're just playing better. They're just more confident. Everyone else is stepping up. The only concern right now is that Jamin Davis he didn't practice a concussion. Manny Collins also didn't practice a concussion. That's two players on the starting defense that did not practice a. So that's just a slight concern for sure, but home divisional dog, you love to see that. I think Washington here is the only side.
1: What do you make? I I Here's the one thing I worry backing Washington here. What do you make of the battle of these offenses where clearly Dallas is going to be at full strength, they'll get Amari Cooper back, and... If this game goes over the total, like, do you think this correlates where you would also have to like the under if you like Washington? Because clearly, it's a Washington offense that is down Logan Thomas again now. They just don't have the weapons to go tit-for-tat with Dallas. So, do you think this correlates, or do you think Washington could score enough points to where, even in a game that goes over the total, Washington covers?
2: Oh yeah, I think I think this has to be correlated with the under for sure. Like you're saying, I think if you like Washington, then you definitely like the under. This has to be a game on the ground for sure, and then you uh you hope the defense shows up, which they have been. They've been looking really good. Yeah, I really like the defense here, and I think you have to take Washington on the side. It just feels like too many points in the visual game. And Cowboys really haven't been showing up. Obviously, we saw them last weekend to Saints, but I'll kind of throw that game out the window. I I don't really think the Saints was much of a challenge with, with Taysom Hill here. Yeah, I think Washington at home is a very much live dog.
1: On we roll to the. Late games now where we'll go to the Mile High City. And it's the Detroit Lions traveling to Denver to take on the Broncos. And we are seeing Detroit catching another big number. Surprise, surprise. As it's an eight and a half point line here. The Broncos laying it at home. Total of 42. We're going to be on opposite sides here. I like the big home chalk with Denver. I know that this is not the traditional Teddy Two Gloves cover spot, but we did see Teddy early in the year with Denver cover some big numbers against some inferior opponents, most notably the Jacksonville Jaguars and New York Jets early in the season. So here I think we have another situation in which the Broncos should be able to just take care of a bad team the way they did early in the year, and they really have to obviously after that loss against the Kansas City Chiefs. The Broncos are now back at 500, and I, like if you're Denver, you can't really mess around in this kind of in this kind of game. You have to win it. I think they should, and so I, I, I think there's clearly more urgency here for the Broncos, and if you're Detroit. You got to just be on your high horse all week. Finally got off the Schneid and got that first win. It feels like a good fade on the Lions. And that's why I also like Denver here. I just think that Detroit probably uh, has the monkey off its back of not going winless this season and lightens up and kind of, Relaxes a little bit this week. Number one pick maybe getting a little dicey there in the Motor City. I will take the Broncos laying the lumber, but you like Detroit. You just, uh, I'm curious to hear why. It's it's mainly
2: just a situational spot. I, I just do not like Teddy, Teddy Two Gloves in this kind of spot. It's too many points. I, I just think Detroit coming off that first win of the season, I think they're going to be frisky. I think they can easily come out there and put up a great game. You saw Denver. Teddy did not look great last week. I think Detroit's going to come out there and, you know, keep it close like they do. They run the ball well. They throw the ball, you know, check downs well. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think the Lions are going to keep this close.
1: We shall see as we move forward and stay in the AFC West, where we have the New York Giants traveling cross country to SoFi Stadium. Giants catching 10 in this spot against the Chargers. And the total in this game is sitting at 43. 43. Feels weird to see a total of that low with a spread this high, but then you remember it is Jake Fromm getting the nod. It seems like for the Giants under center, and yeah, this could easily be a Chargers cover and still an under game. It's something like you know thirty to three. would might be on the table here? So yeah, I mean at, at, at this number, it's obviously. A little steep. Let's just kind of say that. For the Chargers. A team that. Is coming off of a big win. Against the Bengals. Going on the road. Winning by 19. But prior to that. It was the same Chargers team. We talked about the Broncos really. Needing a win. Back to 500. Well. That Broncos team. Beat the Chargers by two scores a couple weeks ago. So. I don't know. I think the Chargers are a a fun team, right? Like, it's easy to talk yourself into Justin Herbert and Austin Eckler and Keenan Allen. Did you say that Mike Williams is on the COVID list, I think you said, before we jumped on here?
2: Yeah, I did. Mike Mike Williams is on the COVID list. That's yeah, so, something to consider.
1: I, I, yeah, I, I just feel like if I'm the Chargers... Like I say, get in, get out game a lot, but kind of has this feeling to it where if you're the Chargers, like you just kind of take your ugly win if that's the way the game plays out and and move on. Like I, I, you know, if the Chargers were on the other end of that 41-22 in Cincinnati, then I'd be more inclined to lay it here thinking that they'll wake up. But I don't know. I, I just think if you're the Chargers, you're looking to win the game at any cost. And I don't know. That makes me feel great about laying the number. But, you know, if you're talking about a new quarterback, I'm never going to complain. I It's just something I like to do in the NFL. When you get a first-time starting cue at any point in the season, it's normally something I like to fade. So I will uh, lean, I guess, with the Chargers, but I, I definitely won't play this game.
2: Yeah, this is a hard pass. Like, if it was Mike Lennon or... Jones. If it was Daniel Jones, yeah, you definitely have to play somber. but yeah, it's a hard pass. I have no interest in this game, even with Mike Williams on the COVID list.
1: God, yeah, I feel just, like this whole like week, run through this, these games, we either have like a great game or horrible <laughs>
2: or terrible. Yeah.
1: Like yeah, this is a one of, games, of, the, one where I of the terrible that games. Think, oh, that'll be good. That'll be good. And then there's a lot, too, where I'm just like, oh, that'll suck. Like, yeah, <laughs> let's just, just, like, simulate, like, in Madden, you know? Let's just... <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, it's zero interest.
1: One game that should be pretty good takes place in southwest Ohio as the Cincinnati Bengals welcome in the San Francisco 49ers. And San Francisco is a short-road favorite in this game of one point. And uh, the total in this game is sitting at, let me pull it up. I just closed my app here just a second. So San Francisco visiting Cincinnati total in this game is 49. So certainly some points being expected to be put up there between these two teams. And I, you know, we talked about, uh, I mentioned it with, uh, what team did I say now might appear. Oh, Tennessee thought maybe there was some peak early elements with the Titans. Well, there may well have been just that with the Bengals. I don't know that I trust them down the stretch here. Just organizationally, you think about a team trying to dot the I's and cross the T's on a playoff berth and you have a second year quarterback, a young and very unproven head coach and it's not like there's a lot of veterans elsewhere on the roster to really lean on. Obviously a lot of the skill guys for Joe Burrow are young. You do have Trey Hendrickson on defense who came over from new Orleans, but it just feels like kind of the first rodeo for a lot of these Bengals in trying to solidify and break through and get into the postseason. It's not to say they won't do it, but it's a team that I like in this spot, especially against the San Francisco team, also trying to solidify a spot in the playoffs. I'll take the team that played in the Super Bowl a couple years ago before I take the team that's kind of young and figuring it all out. You know, learning and growing up was the phrase I was looking for. That's what it feels like is going on with the Bengals. Again, it's not to say they're not going to make the playoffs, but I'm a little uneasy backing them, particularly this price range about pick em, short dog at home. I mean, I was on the Chargers last week. That cashed easily. I'll fade Cincinnati again. This is my favorite play of the week. Max on the 49ers. San Francisco really had been turning the corner, I felt. When you look at the way they had been playing prior to that loss against Seattle, they blow out the Rams, and, you know, they blow out the Jaguars, and then they beat the Minnesota Vikings, who were in playoff contention, and still are, but obviously that was a big win for head-to-head purposes against Minnesota. For San Francisco, and last week division game, it goes down the wire. We talked about how, like last week, we felt like, you know, maybe a little trappy line there, only three against a Seattle team that was coming off of a short week, played Monday Night Football in Washington, went back home, and again, last place Seahawks team not going anywhere this year, only at three against a San Francisco team that was playing a lot better, and sure enough, the Seahawks rise to the occasion and they hold off the 49ers late in the game and win it. I, I don't think that automatically means that San Francisco is going to go back to the team we saw in the middle portion of the season that was losing to Indianapolis and anemic offensive showing against Arizona in the desert. Like I, I think that San Francisco will, They for whatever reason they do really well in the state of Ohio and that predates Kyle Shanahan, but Shanahan seems to have this whole East coast going West or West coast going East thing down this is also a late afternoon kickoff. Um, yeah, I, I just – I like the 49ers. I just think they are the more complete football team. Cincinnati might not be ready yet for this kind of big stage game, even though it's a non-conference game. Pretty big one for both teams. And if there, I will say this. If there's one team in either conference – that is more that is in the playoff position right now that I would say is most likely to fall out of a playoff position. I would probably say it's Cincinnati. We don't know what's going on with Burrow and the finger and how he's going to feel. Uh, I, I'm definitely going to be taking the 49ers here, as I said, favorite side of the week.
2: Yeah, I completely agree. I think Joe Burrow, is, his finger is the most, you know the biggest stage of the season, like we're super concerned about that, and that might be the biggest concern right now, like this is a playoff team that is not quite there without him, so obviously, if the pinky is a concern, then he is done the the team is done I mean entering last week. We saw the Niners; they were 7th in DVOA, and the Bengals were 18th. The Bengals also had the second easiest schedule DVOA last week. But my biggest concern is that Debo Samuel and Fred Warner being hurt that's a huge concern coming into the game. I really liked what I saw from Jimmy G last week. Albeit, it was a loss. It was a bad game from the defense, but I think they're really missing. I think they're missing Warner a lot.
1: Isn't that, though, you mentioned Jimmy G, like, isn't that the one thing about San Francisco that we, like, if you told me, and it's weird because it's the most important right. position, but it feels like San Francisco is just so well put together at the other spots where right. you just need
2: that quarterback Elijah play. Elijah Mitchell, yeah.
1: Well, yeah, Mitchell Elijah. might not play, but it looks like Michael Hasty yeah. will come back, and you What's know, that? it doesn't. It hasn't seemed to matter for San Francisco who's carrying the rock. They always yeah, hate which to is have weird, right?
2: Game. Yeah, which is weird. I I think that speaks to the coach, and we like. Kyle Shanahan as an you know, underdog, and but they I've also always
1: this. seem to routinely win the battle in the trenches. Like, which if you can do that, like it doesn't necessarily matter who your skill players are. Look at what's going on with New England right now. Like that to me is Absolutely. just everything you should want to be as a football team. Like I know but, the fantasy uh, nerds don't love it, but I, <laughs> you know, like
2: are we it, are we worried about Kyle Shanahan... Flipping from a uh, underdog to a uh, favorite.
1: Yeah, we so like him, of as a dog. Yeah, that's
2: what I, that kind of worries me to be honest. But he I did cover as a short favorite more... in that game
1: against Minnesota. It was favorite against Jacksonville. I just think San Francisco
2: okay. is fine. I think this midway. is a better team. I, yeah, I agree, and I think that this this speaks more to the the Joe Burrow injury. I mean, we we saw him last week against the Chargers and couldn't really do much after the injury, and we saw that. So, yeah, I think this speaks more to that. I mean, we saw, we saw this line flip from the Nyers open at plus one and a half, and now they're...
1: And now they're short favorite, right, which obviously isn't a huge one. Yeah. But that's the other thing. Like, okay, maybe we can be a little worried about San Francisco are a little dinged up offensively with the backs, and you mentioned Debo, but I I don't know that Cincinnati – like, if, if the, Beng- the Bengals' defense is getting better, but it's I don't think the Bengals are the type of team that you trust to win a 20-17 to game. So what I'm yeah. getting at is if their offense isn't that juggernaut, like, early in the year they went to Baltimore and just – I think they hung 40 on the Ravens. Like, if they're not doing that in these big games, I don't think they can win them, and I don't think that they're scoring – you know, even upper twenties against San Francisco. No, I
2: completely agree. And with this Joe burrow injury and the the Joe Mixon pump was like, is this team really going to put up 20, 30 on the, on the Niners? I, I don't see it. Yeah. I, I completely agree. I, I'm on the Niners as well.
1: Let's go to another very interesting game in the late window. Also a non-conference game as the Buffalo Bills travel down to Florida to take on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I suppose the Bills are probably used to these kinds of weird shifts with weather where they play in the snow and the Northeast or whatever it was in Orchard Park last week. And now they're going down to Florida. Uh, But the Bucks are laying three here. And uh, we're going to be on the consensus play here with Tampa as the Bucks are coming off of that win and cover, unfortunately, much to our chagrin against Atlanta last week. By the way, total in this game is super high at 53 and a half. I guess no surprise there with these two offenses. But, Alex, I think that's why I like the Bucks because I feel more confident in the Bucks offense hanging a big number than I do the Buffalo offense hanging a big number. Buffalo, it looked like Thanksgiving night against New Orleans. They blow them out. Looked like the Bills were turning a corner. And I had him Monday night football, felt it was a good spot against the Patriots. Bills with all that time to prepare. And there's Sean McDermott and his sour grapes, not wanting to give Bill Belichick credit after the game, even though he clearly Oh how salty
2: was he? Really I I was ridiculous.
1: Like That was embarrassing.
2: I think that was
1: really what that was was Sean McDermott being a defensive guy who Knew the run was coming and couldn't stop it, and so he was really mad. How, and really, how don't you? How don't you stop it?
2: Yeah, fucking mean, pass attempts the entire game, and you can't stop the it, run. It's,
1: it's funny. How right? do you, he, How? How? I now just, I just don't understand how that happens. Look at what they're going up against now, where it's like you would expect Brady to sling it around. You know, he's got Godwin, he's got Evans. You know, like you would expect, even without AB it should be a totally different offense that Buffalo has to prepare for. And, you know, I I don't know that the defense for Buffalo, even though the, it was still just a 14, 10 game last week. Now, are they prepared to to play what looks like to be a higher scoring game? Because again, it's two completely different offenses. Now that Buffalo has to get ready for on a short week too, having played on Monday night. And then the Buffalo offense went back to, You know, I don't want to say relevance, but damn near close to it last week. Albeit, that was a really good New England defense. But we obviously have seen Tampa's defense show itself pretty well in some games the last couple of years against marquee opponents. Look what they did to Aaron Rodgers last year in Tampa Bay. Obviously, the Super Bowl against Patrick Mahomes. I think that they should be able to gobble up Josh Allen here. And if I had to guess... This is going to be another long day at the office for the Buffalo offense, and like I don't want to say they aren't a Super Bowl contender, but I think come Monday morning, everybody's Monday morning quarterbacks might be just that—that that the Bills are just kind of a good team and not a great team. So I like the Bucks here, laying the short number at home.
2: Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I mean the Bucks are second best team in the NFL and rushing yards a lap a game and I think they're just gonna put the entire game on Josh Allen and he's just does not look great right now. I mean we saw great we can throw that game out last week in the win, but I still don't think Josh Allen is right. And the Buck secondary is not great. So if this is a spot to get It's probably this week with Josh Allen, but I just have to lay the points. You got to lay with Brady. I I think they look very good on offense. I mean, last week was incredible against Atlanta with Godwin and everyone just putting up great numbers. You have to lay the points with Brady here.
1: Yeah, uh, again, I think uh, this is where the Bucks really like. This is a standalone late window game. Uh, well, I, I guess San Francisco, Cincinnati might have some eyes on it as well. But clearly, the best game in the late window. Like, I, I think this is where Tampa kind of uh, makes a little bit of a statement to the rest of the league because we really haven't seen the Bucks against. You know, you, you go back to the Dallas game, week one, like. I guess there was a Sunday night game against New England in which they didn't look great, and the Brady return game did not cover that number. We haven't had that kind of moment for the Bucks, where, I mean, the closest thing you can get to, oh, that's the Super Bowl champion from last year was, like, what, the blowout of the Bears or something? Like, it's not that— Yeah, I mean, they, like,
2: even against, the, even against the Falcons, they don't look great.
1: Right, it's not like they're, yeah. they are looking bad,
2: but yeah. it kind of
1: feels like they've gone through the motions but- a little bit.
2: But this is, they have, they have,
1: and this is where they're back
2: at home. They're back at home. It's like, uh,
1: like, you know, the bear waking up from the slumber. And not that it's been like a heavy slumber. Like, again, they've been taking care of business, but it hasn't been catching the eye the way I feel like this is about to.
2: They've also covered all these, all these games at home.
1: They've been good at home, bad on the road.
2: Yeah. Right. Yeah,
1: exactly. Let's move on and go to Sunday Night Football where – I was seeing this game come off the board, but it does look like Chicago is catching 12 and the hook, you told me, Alex, at Lambeau Field, and we see a total, I believe, of 43. I don't want to pay this game any more time than we need to pay it. This is an embarrassment for Sunday Night Football. There's no way, because here's the thing. We just talked about how there's so many games in the early and late windows where it's like, oh, wow, that'll, that'll be a good game. How do you not flex one of these games? Dallas-Washington, Baltimore-Cleveland. I guess Baltimore-Cleveland you just had on Sunday Night Football. You know, uh, Kansas City and Vegas you just had, so maybe not that one either. San Francisco-Cincinnati would have been a perfect flex. You get the Bengals and those young guns on primetime. Like, there's no way San Francisco-Cincinnati or Buffalo-Tampa should not be on Sunday Night Football. This is a disgrace. This game sucks. And I don't know how much of it I even want to watch. It's gonna be boring. And <laughs> this like, game sucks. I agree. Everybody's but... just waiting for Matt Nagy to be fired. You know, like we're not gonna learn anything about the Packers here. Like this game blows.
2: No, the the Packers have to cover. Rogers, he's 20 and seven against the spread against the Bears. He's 67, 34, and four. ATS at home. I mean, all trends point to the Packers, but Justin Fields is the wild card here. He's getting the start. I don't really want to play Packers at that big of a number, and I also don't want to back the Bears. The Bears' defense has been absolutely abysmal. It's really tough to play either You seen I'm sure we'll get there with something, but Man, this is a yeah, this is a bad game. I agree. You got to flex out of this.
1: Let's wrap up with another divisional game. Monday Night Football, a much more intriguing game between the Los Angeles Rams and the uh, the uh, I almost L A Cardinals. I don't know where that was coming from. Arizona Cardinals. Rams are a <laughs> L A short- Cardinals. Yeah, that was you know. <laughs> I mean, I'm thinking like. There was another Cardinals, right? But, yeah, it's St. Louis. They're in the Midwest. Rams are a short dog here of two, total of 51. And speaking of get right, Alex, the Rams are a team that, you know, can we say they got right last week when they they beat Jacksonville? And, you know, know, it's the Jags at home and – They did cover in a 37-7 shellacking of Urban Meyer and company. But here they are now, Monday Night Football revenge game, having lost at SoFi earlier in the season. That was like – I feel like that was the game early in the year where Arizona opened some eyes and was like, oh, wait, these guys are like actually legit. And I, on the other hand, have been reticent to – Really buy in to Arizona primarily because they just don't like Cliff Kingsbury, even though he's probably going to be the coach of the year. Uh, I did get that's uh, Bill cool Belichick, right? Are they actually going to give it to Belichick? You're right. They should. have to.
2: They have to. They have to. Yeah, it's uh, not. I mean, it's not. Kingsbury. They should.
1: But I just feel like Belichick could have won that award like ten times. <laughs> yeah. Just. Followed on, <laughs> but he, I think he only has one. Is my really? Favorite. I'll look it up, but and I'm
2: pretty. He sure absolutely he absolutely deserves he deserves it this year for sure.
1: By the way, I should have mentioned it in the Bucks Bills. Are you? Uh, where are you on the possible Bucks Pats Super Bowl?
2: Yeah, I, I like the the storyline. I, j- I don't think the Patriots will will get there. No, I think the so, Bucs uh, easily
1: could get there. Bucks easily. Okay, three times by the way, Belichick has won the Coach of the Year, but the last time was in 2010, meaning he won three Super Bowls, and never in those three years did he win the Coach of the Year. So I just think that's funny. <laughs>
2: that's insane.
1: That's so anyway, uh. No, I, I like the Rams.
2: He's gonna, I, he's I, gonna win this. Yeah, no, I like, I love the Rams as well. You know,
1: like I, there's something with Arizona where I just still think they're kind of a corny team, and I, you know, I, I just this time of year, I expect Sean McVay to out-coach Cliff Kingsbury, even though it was a blowout for Arizona the first time they played at SoFi, and. Part of me also thinks that even though it was just the Jags that the Rams best football is ahead of them and that I know it's just one game against the Jags, but I I could see I could still see the Rams winning this division because if they're able to win this game on Monday night. Then they're only one game back of Arizona and I like this is why they got Matt Stafford like I. as certain, like, if they don't win the division and if they go one and done in the playoffs, then like, there's no more excuses for Matt Stafford. By the way, like, this is a big month for him, for sure. And
2: this is this is huge for
1: like like his McVeigh as, as well,
2: like, right? Like oh oh Mc McVeigh and Stafford right. for sure. So I just McVeigh expect- doesn't have the excuse of uh, you know. Bad quarterbacks anymore. Stafford is a solid quarterback.
1: I just trust the two of them to figure it out and to score enough. I will say I think the Rams' defense has been a little disappointing this year. I've just kind of like gotten the vibes that they're more of like an on-paper defense than an actual good defense this year. Um, So clearly, I mean, with with this total of fifty-one, oddsmakers are expecting a lot of points. I feel like I've just been saying this all year Fade arizona fade arizona like they're they're coming back down to earth and I've been getting crushed on it, but I'm saying it again, fade Arizona coming back down to earth, Cardinals may not even win a playoff game uh, i i i am just still not buying it, so right, no, I'm, I'm
2: not I'm not buying it Rams Ram's my line there it is I love
1: it. a consensus play to wrap up. Another edition of Full Slate. He is Alex Uplinger at Alex underscore up seven. I am Greg Frank at Undercover Greg on Gambling Twitter. Alex manages our podcast account as well at full underscore slate underscore pod. Where you can get all the picks from our resident poochie expert, Lenny's Locks, who's probably maybe better than the last hour that you just listened to. But I, I guess I'll leave that for to decide.
2: Yeah, we'll see if he if he <laughs> gets sears if he gets sears, man, then we're retiring.
1: Well, Alex, it's been a lot of fun, and uh, enjoy NFL Week 14, my man. We'll talk soon.
2: Yeah, buddy. Good. To there talk he is, to Alex
1: you. Uplinger. I'm Greg Frank. Thanks to all for tuning in, and as always, this has been another edition of Full Slate. Please
2: play responsibly.